This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, where we talk about the Chiefs, the AFC West, and the rest. Today, I'm flying solo. Uh, Ryland Stiles, my co-host, is a busy man. Um, And so today, we're going to talk primarily draft stuff. I am your host, Grant Tuttle. Uh, I write for Arrowhead Addict, and occasionally uh, I'll write for fan-sided NFL, although I haven't done so in a while. <laughs> um, but today I'm I'm going to cover uh, I'm going to go into a couple things with the mock draft uh, that I've put together post combine and post free agency or pre free agency, not post free agency. Um, uh, so I'm going to I'm going to talk about a couple things that I think are going to happen in the draft coming up. Um, but first, let's get to it. There's a there's a new chief in town, Carlos Hyde, of the Jaguars, formerly of the 49ers, is now a chief. Uh, he has signed for a year deal, up to three million dollars, uh, 1.6 guaranteed. I like the move. I think this pretty much spells out any chance that the Chiefs uh, acquire a Le'Veon Bell, like a lot of people wanted. I I think that he would have been too costly, despite the Chris Jones. Uh, Instagram video. I don't think it's going to end up happening. Um, Le'Veon Bell would have made this maybe the best offense of all time, but Carlos Hyde allows a lot more. Uh, he's more of a power back. He balances well with Damian Williams. This way, the Chiefs can spend their their remainder of their cap on defensive playmakers like a Landon Collins. They they can use this money for. A new for more pass rushers if they do end up moving on from Justin Houston and D Ford, um, which I, would still be surprising to me if they moved on from both. But the way it sounds, there's some talk that uh, D Ford is available, um, and Justin Houston is obviously available. Uh, but D Ford has gotten some interest from the 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. The Packers make a lot of sense because Mike Smith, the outside linebackers coach for the Chiefs last year, uh, was shipped over there after the Chiefs brought in Matt House and started their new their new chapter on defense with Steve Spagnolo, which makes sense. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised anymore to see D Ford get traded to a team like that. Um, and I think that the Chiefs could end up getting some uh, some pretty good compensation. So uh, I'm just going to pretend 
like this is the right move. I don't necessarily think that the best course of action is to get rid of your best playmakers on defense. Um, D Ford was one of the best playmakers in uh, on defense for any team in football last year. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'll kind of smile, gritting my teeth with this one. Um, but we'll see what happens. He could still be on the team next year. Who knows? So I'm gonna go ahead and jump into. Um, to what else I think there's some more there's some more news that we need to cover I think um Antonio Brown was reported to go to the Bills that fell through uh immediately after the Ian Rappaport um tweet Antonio Brown came out and said fake news um and so he's he's still uh being shopped a lot of people think that it's come down to the the Raiders the Raiders are a finalist so that's something to keep an eye on um Case Keenum got traded to the Redskins, so that obviously makes a big change in their offseason plans. And for the for the Broncos, that's a huge win that you were able to move him without cutting him and eating all that dead cap space. Um, the Jaguars seemingly cut half their roster. Uh, they cut Malik Jackson, Carlos Hyde, who is now a chief, and Deshaun Gibson, among others. Um, Bortles has not been cut today they say that Blake Bortles will likely be cut but it won't be until after they acquire another quarterback um I think that Nick Foles is reported by many to be headed that direction I think that is a high possibility um and finally um John Dorsey made a big trade Olivier Vernon to the Browns for Kevin Zeitler or Zietler I don't know how to pronounce it he's a good guard I will say that um, but Vernon is a very, he's a top end pass rusher. Um, it makes you wonder if there is a market out there for Justin Houston, if there is a market out there for D Ford, I, I firmly believe there is a market for D Ford. Justin Houston is 30 and is, uh, on the back half of his career. So I, I can't imagine that he'll have quite the market that D Ford might, um, so we'll see what happens that will be coming up in the next couple of days. I would assume as the chiefs try to clear up space for free agency, there's several moves that I think the chiefs will be making. I think that I, I would be surprised if Daniel Sorensen was on this team among others. Um, so yeah, we're going to keep an eye on that. Um, and without further ado, I'm going to go into the mock draft that I have come up with post combine. So, starting with the Arizona Cardinals, uh, I'm going to go with Kyler Murray. Um, Kyler Murray is uh, a playmaker, and Cliff Kingsbury, the new coach, has said before that if he was the head coach of an NFL team, he now has that opportunity, he would take Kyler Murray first overall. Now, that might be spec- uh, speculation. Josh Rosen is still on the team. They might have to move on from Josh, Josh Rosen. Uh, if they plan on doing that. In fact, it would be encouraged, although it makes a team look pretty bad if they take him 10th overall and then shop him the next year to get a new guy. So we'll we'll see what ends up happening in, with that. Um, but as it stands right now, I think Kyler Murray is probably going to go first overall because of the way he, he was, uh, his height and weight measured out the way they needed to, hand size measured out the way they needed to. Um, so he was the right height and weight. Uh, size and he um and he's an electric playmaker um 
and something that Arizona desperately needs on that offense. Um, so with the second pick, I have the San Francisco 49ers going with who other than Nick Bosa. Uh, that one's pretty cut and dry. Nick Bosa is maybe the best player in this draft. Uh, he's, he's certainly, uh, he's certainly as talented as brother, as his brother, Joey, who has uh, been a force in the NFL so far in his career. So to the third pick, the New York Jets select Quinnen Williams. He's a defensive tackle from Alabama. Uh, one of my favorite guys in the draft. Um, he's just, I think that he's a guy that you, you can depend on for 10 years being um, one of the best players on your defense. And so uh, he's a, he's got a good balance. He's, he's got great strength. He's showed very competent speed at the combine. Uh, he just makes a lot of sense for the Jets, even though they already have uh, Leonard Williams on the inside. The more they can add to that defensive front, the better. Um, although they could look to go um, for a, a, an off- offensive playmaker, offensive lineman there, I think that Quinnen Williams is just going to be too attractive to pass up at that point. Um, so moving on to the fourth pick, the Oakland Raiders are going to select Josh Allen an edge out of Kentucky. Now I'm not as big on Josh Allen as a lot of people, but he, to me, he seems like a Mike Mayock and uh, John Gruden kind of guy. He's very quick. Um, he's got some decent bend, um, but he doesn't, he doesn't wow me with his pass rushing moves. Uh, he seems to rely on his athletic ability more than he needs than, than what should be expected of him at the next level. Um, but yeah, I think that the Raiders are going to be sitting there at four. Uh, they need pass rush desperately, and I think they're going to think he's the best player on the board to produce pressure for the Raiders, who had, I believe, 12 sacks last season as a team. Um, five, we're going to go to Tampa. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to select Jawan Taylor uh, uh, with Bruce Arians taking over as the head coach there. They're going to be trying to build a um, solid future. Um I think that an offensive lineman uh, is very important for Bruce Arians, and they were they're going to want to protect Jameis Winston um, going forward to give him the best opportunity uh, to have a chance to continue to be the guy. Uh, so I think they they do that. Um, they they get the best pass blocking offensive lineman in the draft. So the Jets. Or not the Jets, sorry, my bad. The other New York team, the Giants. Uh, Dwayne, I think that Dwayne Haskins is going to be on their radar. They've reportedly said that Kyler Murray's too short. Who knows, that could be a smokescreen. Maybe they'll try to move up and get Kyler Murray. I think that he's the better of the quarterbacks. He's certainly more explosive. Um, but Haskins uh, is a guy that will uh, will step in and probably shadow Eli Manning for a year because they've talked about how much they like the chiefs model. Uh, I think that's something that could happen for sure. Um, Haskins is, is a pocket pastor, pa- pocket passer, not pastor. Um, although he might be a man of God, I don't know. Um, but, uh, he is, he stands tall in the pocket. He's got a pretty strong arm. He's shown decent accuracy, I think that a lot of uh, the reason people are high on him is for what they think that he can do. He's one of the can-do guys on people's draft boards because they think that, oh, eventually he will be a very, very good quarterback. 
I haven't seen anything that says he's better than Kyler Murray. Um, but I think that that's a guy that the Giants will definitely be looking at. Now at pick um, pick seven, the Jaguars are going to select Andre Dillard um, from Washington State. Now I haven't been able to watch Dillard's tape, but um, for what I hear, he's kind of a he's kind of a uh, all can do all kind of guy, um, which uh, the Jaguars are going to need going forward with a Nick Foles or whoever their new quarterback is going to be. Um, <clears throat> I think that. Uh, he definitely provides a um, spark to the offensive line for a team that needs to provide um, offense because they they had they've had a solid defense for years. Um, Blake Bortles leading the way has not been able to um, been able to put the offense over the top. So I think that they might be starting um, up front with the offensive line after they get Nick Foles or whoever in the fold. Um, so that's, that's a guy that I kind of think the Jaguars might be targeting at pick seven. So at pick eight, we're going to go with the Detroit Lions going with Brian Burns. Now I love Brian Burns. There's a lot of people that have him going much later and I don't really get it, especially after a combine performance that he put on how smooth he looked, um, in and out of his stance and everything else. He just seems too explosive to me for the for the Lions to pass up, especially if they don't have Ziggy Anza coming back. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty cut and dry. I think that he would provide a great spark to the Lions' defense under uh, Matt Patricia. Now, we go to pick nine, the Buffalo Bills. There was a lot of chatter that they got Antonio Brown. That ended up not being true. Um, somehow that didn't happen. Uh, something that they must have had discussions and it fell through. So because of that, I think that they're obviously targeting um, playmakers, which makes a lot of sense for a team that had a bunch of drops and they have a rookie, they had a rookie quarterback last year. So I'm going to go with DK Metcalf, a guy that he, he um, is definitely uh, a fast player. He's huge. Something that people really like about him is how well he moves at his size and how he uses his body. Uh, but that being said, there's a lot of red flags with how he moves in and out of his uh, cuts. He doesn't seem to be the most um, quick to to shift positions. In fact, his shuttle time was slower than Tom Brady's. I think that has a lot to do with his working out so much. He is a... He's a beast. Obviously, he looks kind of like a linebacker or a or a defensive end than a wide receiver, which, I mean, looks really cool. But in the long run, your job is to run downfield and be shifty to get away from defenders. He's going to have to trade in his weight bench and lose a little bit of muscle mass to become quicker. Um, that being said, we're going to go on to 10, the Denver Broncos are going to select Devin White out of LSU. Since they acquired Joe Flacco, I think that the uh, top 10 pick spent on a quarterback seems a little bit crazy. Um, although Drew Locke is not off the table, I think that the Broncos obviously have a an interest in him. But um, I think a linebacker um, would make a lot of sense with the departure of Brandon Marshall. Uh, I think Devin White is the consensus best player and best linebacker in the draft. 
he makes a lot of sense to try to to counter the chief success on offense in the AFC West. The Broncos are going to try to build a super team on defense similar to what they did on their Super Bowl run. I don't think that they have the capability to challenge the Chiefs this year or even for the next three years, but you never know. For the Bengals, they're trying to fix their one of the league's worst defenses. They're going to go with the other Devin, Devin Bush. Now, I think that a lot of people might scoff at this and say, well, I can't imagine that they'd take Devin Bush so high. Just a couple weeks ago, he was a guy that people were looking at as a second-round pick. I think that's ridiculous. I actually think that he might be the better of the two linebackers. He's very fast. He's very athletic. Um, he's got a lot. He's got a very high ceiling. Um, I think that for a team like Cincinnati, who has a lot of older guys on defense, guys, and they're trying to fix it and turn everything around, start from the ground up. I think that getting a leader like Devin Bush, getting a guy that is just freakishly talented makes a ton of sense. Now for pick 12, we have the Green Bay Packers taking TJ Hawkinson out of Iowa. Um, a lot of uh, Packers fans might not like that idea because they just brought in Jimmy Graham last offseason. Jimmy Graham is no longer a spring chicken, as people say in Nebraska. I don't know what people say around other parts of the Midwest, but I'm from Nebraska. Um, so we say spring chicken. Um, but uh, TJ Hawkinson would definitely be a great replacement. He's the best tight end in this draft. He can do it all, pass, uh, or he can't pass, sorry. He can catch well. He can block well. Uh, he reminds me a little bit on the tape of uh, Rob Gronkowski, I know that's a huge comp to say that he is a he's the next Rob Gronkowski. That's not what I'm saying. His play style does remind me of a Gronkowski kind of player. So that being said, I think the Packers could use that for Aaron Rodgers to uh, have a guy over the middle, have a safety blanket that he hasn't had in a couple years. Pick 13, I have the Miami Dolphins taking Rashawn Gary. A lot of people have Gary going high. I can't see what everybody else is seeing. Um, we're gonna have some. We're gonna have some Arrowhead addict uh, draft discussions leading up to the draft. Um, my friend Thomas Welt will come on the uh, draft and uh, or come on the podcast and talk about the draft. He's also not a big Rashawn Gary guy, and, and, and it's just because he's he's athletic. But for some reason, there's a lot of NFL GMs that are going to really like him because he's so athletic as, as an edge. He might have upside. I just can't see what he has that other guys don't. So that being said, we're going to go on to pick 14. Atlanta Falcons taking Ed Oliver. Now, this is this. I, I, I could see Ed, Ed Oliver falling, even though he, he weighed in well um, at the Combine. I think it's just a question of where are you going to put him? Um, in fact, there were some t some people that wanted to put him at a linebacker. I thought that was a little bit ambitious for a guy who's of his size, a guy that's played nose tackle, played defensive tackle. I think he's better suited as a as a as a four three defensive tackle, defensive end, somewhere in that scheme. He is a he's in my opinion one of the top five players in this draft but I can see him sliding to the Falcons. That would be a great get for a team like them. Uh, the Redskins, 
our our uh, next on the on the on the clock at fifteen. They just got their guy Case Keenum. I think that he's going to ultimately be a band aid uh, for this franchise with with Alex Smith's huge injury. Who knows if he'll, he'll ever play football again? There's so much uncertainty at that quarterback position. I think that this might be the place where you see Drew Locke come off the board. Um, Drew Locke tested pretty well. Uh, he He's athletic. He's got a strong arm. He's got pretty good arm talent. Uh, the only th- question is, is how well does he, uh, how well does he, his footwork and uh, technique transfer to the NFL? With the right coach, I think you can fix that. I definitely think you can fix that. So um, he's an intriguing player to say the least, and I think he's definitely a guy that'll go round one. Um, and then for the next pick uh, at sixteen, the Carolina Panthers select Greedy Williams out of Florida. The Panthers need a a strictly cover guy. They don't really have great uh, coverage guys, and they just um, they they just released one of their corners. I'm blanking on his name. He was the slot corner there, um, so they're going to be looking to add defensive back talent uh, quickly. Greedy Williams is probably the best man coverage corner in this draft. He makes a lot of sense for them at 16. Now for the Cleveland Browns at 17, I really like this pick. Um, I, I think that they're going to take Jerry Tillery uh, out of Notre Dame, defensive tackle. Uh, he's been flying up boards because he was one of the best uh, pass-rushing defensive tackles in football uh, at the college level last year. Uh, he played like half the season with a torn labrum. And he was still dominant. I mean, that's just incredible. I think he's an excellent player. And if he fell to the Chiefs, I would not have any trouble with the Chiefs taking him at all. Um, he seems to me like Chris Jones 2.0, which is exactly why I think the Cleveland Browns and John Dorsey will take him at 17. Uh, Jerry Tillery is very quick and would make would help make that Cleveland defense just absolutely lethal. The next pick belongs to the Minnesota Vikings. I think that Jonah Williams is still on the board. I don't know how that's happened. I think that he's good enough that he might be gone before they pick at 18. But since he's still on the board, I have him going to the Vikings. He's a guy that can play tackle. He can play guard. It really, and and for a team like the Vikings who could use offensive linemen anywhere, who knows, they could even go first round offensive linemen, second round offensive linemen, third round offensive linemen. I mean, that's how desperate they are for that kind of thing. That kind of that kind of player at that position. Jonah Williams in his versatility makes all the sense in the world if he's there at 18. Uh for the Tennessee Titans at 19, I have them being a little ambitious and taking Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown out of Oklahoma wide receiver. He's very explosive. He's very fast. I think that there's NFL GMs out there that like him a little bit more than draft analysts. Um, and I think for a team like the Titans, that's trying to build anything that they can get on offense, especially I'm not a huge Marcus Mariota guy, but they're going to give him every chance to succeed. If they give him offensive weapons and he still can't succeed, I think that spells the end of the Marcus Mariota era in Tennessee. Marquise Brown might be on the uh, dying edge of that. 
uh, he will he will be a very explosive player. He can get down the field in a hurry. He's very quick, very fast. Um, he can make people miss. He can really do it all. He's a smaller guy. Uh, he makes a ton of sense for a team like the Titans. At pick 20, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers selecting Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, a safety out of Florida. He seems like a Steelers guy to me. Uh, he is He's a, a versatile guy in the backfield. Um, he's a very good coverage guy as well as he's a, he's a solid tackler. He just makes a lot of sense to me um, for the for the Steelers there. At 21, it's the Seattle Seahawks select Noah Fant, a tight end out of Iowa. Now, he's one of my favorite guys in this draft. That being said, I don't think the Chiefs should probably suspend that kind of draft capital on tight end when there's other glaring issues. But if he were to fall to 29, would I be upset? Not at all. I would be absolutely thrilled if they were able to land Noah Fant, even though he's he's too similar to uh, Travis Kelsey for a lot of people's likings. But I, I think that I think that a guy like that um, solidifies your your receiving core double the double the amount that it would have before. Um, and so he's going. I have him going to Seattle, a team that could use some more push on offense because they were a good rushing team last year. I think they might want to throw the football more. Um, I think he makes a lot of sense for the Seahawks at 22. I have the Baltimore Ravens selecting Cody Ford, an offensive lineman out of Oklahoma. Uh, he's a, he's a very talented player as well. Uh, similarly to the Minnesota Vikings, they're going to give, uh, Lamar Jackson, everything he needs on that offense. And since they have, um, a decent running back. I wouldn't be surprised if they made a run at an Antonio Brown or somebody like that. Um, they'll probably add a wide receiver sometime. So don't be surprised if they take a wide receiver at this point in the draft, but Cody Ford solidifies that offensive line. And he also, um, becomes the heir, the, the heir to Marshall Yanda on the inside of that line where he's Yanda's an excellent player, but he's, he's, Again, no spring chicken. Uh, so, um, yeah. At pick 23, the Houston Texans also take an interior offensive lineman, Garrett Bradbury. A lot of people think he's the best um, lineman in the draft, and that's that's very well possible. I I just thought he was competent. He was a he was a good player who could kind of do anything, but he didn't do any one thing great, in my opinion. Um, so. Um, he makes a lot of sense for Houston, who's desperate for offensive line help. Uh, the Oakland Raiders at 24, their second pick of the first round, take Montez Sweat out of Mississippi State. Now, uh, he turned some heads at the NFL Combine. Sweat still leaves a lot to be desired on tape. I, th- I have him more of a second-round grade, but since he ran so fast at the Combine, uh, he ran like a 4-4-3 as a huge edge player um that's unheard of to me um so um i think he's a guy that they could that the raiders will definitely be interested in especially if they add a josh allen on one side and they really want to build up that pass rush it makes a lot of sense that they would add two big time pass rushers on each side especially when they just don't seem to have anything on that defense 
Um, the next pick, I have Philadelphia taking Dexter Lawrence out of Clemson. He's a big hog molly. He's a guy that can that can stuff the run up front. He's a very uh, strong individual. He makes a ton of sense for Philadelphia. Philadelphia could also go with a running back. I think Josh Jacobs would make sense there. But ultimately, I decided Lawrence because they are going to want to get that defense um, back in prime shape to uh, contend with other NFC rivals uh, with NFC talent like the Rams have. So a guy like Lawrence makes a lot of sense. With the next pick of the draft... I have the Indianapolis Colts taking Byron Murphy. I like Byron Murphy. Honestly, if he fell to 26, I think the Chiefs might consider trading up for him. He's a physical guy. He's not he's not a he doesn't have world class speed, but he's he's a physical dominant corner who played very well at Washington. He makes some sense for a team like the Chiefs, but ultimately, uh if there's no trades in this draft, I should have said that up top that there there are no trades, although obviously there will definitely be at least one trade. Um so um according to this draft that has no trades, Byron Murphy to the Colts makes a lot of sense for a team that is trying to build a good uh defense on the other side of Andrew Luck. Now they could go wide receiver here to compliment T.Y. Hilton. There's a lot of big-bodied uh, receivers that would do very well at that. Hakeem Butler's a guy to keep an eye on at this point, I would think, uh, because he tested so well and he's so big and he's so quick. Um, they, he makes a lot of sense for the Colts, but I ultimately thought Byron Murphy complimented that, that defense, that zone defense, um, better. So moving on to the 27th pick, I have the Oakland Raiders getting their guy, Josh Jacobs. Now, this could completely change, obviously, throughout free agency, especially if they land a guy like Le'Veon Bell. I kind of think that John Gruden loves the idea of bringing in a Le'Veon Bell, a guy that can kind of do it all in the backfield. John Gruden has made it no secret that he likes old-fashioned kind of football. He likes to use his tight ends. He likes to use his running backs. Who knows? The Raiders might even bring back fullback kind of formations, which uh, I know that some people like Ryan Tracy of the Locked On Chiefs podcast would really like. I, th- I I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him take a big, strong uh, and quick, honestly, running back in Josh Jacobs from Alabama. Now, at 28, the Chargers select Christian Wilkins. This one, to a lot of people, is going to seem like a reach and it might be, but since the Chargers are a very well-rounded team, they seem to have talent at every position, they're going to be looking for a specific thing that they need. And that, to me right now, is they need a run stuffer up front. They just re-signed Denzel Perryman today. Um, they got their linebacker sh- core shirt up. They um, they might be looking at safety to complement um, Derwin James because they just cut... Uh, Jalil Adai. Who knows on that front, but I think they'll be looking for something specific. Um, and I think that Christian Wilkins fits that behemoth, big guy run stuffer kind of mold that they need to fill. So to the Chiefs, 29th pick. This one I've seen mocked to them a lot, and I, I'm just going to kind of go with it. I'm not thrilled about the pick, but um, DeAndre Baker 
from Georgia makes a lot of sense. He's a big guy. Brett Veach talked about how much he liked big corners. We saw him interviewing a lot of uh, bigger defensive backs at the combine. Um, and so Baker's a bigger guy. He plays big. He makes sense. He does a, a mixture of things well. Um, like I said, not the it doesn't have the highest of ceilings, but I think he does pretty much everything uh, that you ask him to pretty well. Now for the for the Green Bay Packers at thirtieth, they'll take Jeffrey Simmons, who was a, a top five player tore his ACL. Honestly, a guy the Chiefs could take, but I think that they're going to be more in win now mode, so they're going to try to get a guy that can fix the defense right then and there, at least uh, f- at least he'll play the next year. Um, to try to get the Chiefs to a Super Bowl. So the Packers, with their second first-round pick, will take Jeffrey Simmons. Unless they trade that first-round pick to the Chiefs for D. Ford, which is not off the table, I would assume, especially since they talked about um, that the Packers are suitors uh, for D. Ford. Now, with the 31st pick of the draft, the Rams I have selecting Nasir Adderley. They have let LaMarcus Joyner walk. Now, if you want a guy that is LaMarcus Joyner 2.0, you want to you don't want to lose a step at all on that defense. In fact, you might gain some in the long run. Nasir Adderley makes a lot of sense out of Delaware. He is a rangy player. He is a strong player. He's a solid tackler. He um, makes a lot of sense for the Rams at 31. And finally, at 32, I have the New England Patriots selecting Irv Smith, Junior out of Alabama. He's a tight end. Solid player. Um, and I think that they're going to be looking for playmakers, especially if Gronkowski's not coming back next year, which I haven't heard anything yet, surprisingly. So um, I guess we'll have to all find out together whether Rob Gronkowski comes back. But Irv Smith makes a ton of sense in the long run for his replacement. And so I think that Bill Belichick will will probably look at Irv Smith as, as the uh as the next guy. So that concludes the, uh, my mock draft. Um, so we're going to get ready to end here. Um, we're going to get ready to end here. And, um, before we close up, I'm just going to go ahead and say free agency is right around the corner. It's an exciting time to be a chiefs fan. Um, there's, I, I don't think that they're going to be searching for a running back because they just signed Carlos Hyde. So that's all shored up. I'm excited to say that. So at least we know that they're going to be limiting their scope of free agents and draft picks to now, I would say safety corner linebacker, defensive end, defensive tackles, available offensive linemen, wide receivers. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't sound like we narrowed anything, but uh, in the long run, I think that is that getting a running back, pretty much uh, signs them off of doing anything in free agency with other running backs or um, via the draft, even though there are a couple guys that I like in this draft class as running backs. So we will keep an eye to the Twitter machine, (laughs) Uh, Adam Schefter's Twitter account and Ian Rappaport's. I've got their notifications on my phone constantly going. And I, I love the NFL off season. I'm excited to share it with you guys. And for uh, Arrowhead Attic Podcast, I'm Grant Tuttle at GrantTMNTuttle on Twitter. 
You can find my work at arrowheadaddict.com where there's a ton of good uh, and excellent content. Um, there's a lot of talented writers on our team. Very proud of the work that we do. And I'm excited that I work with such great people on a great website. Um, so um, check out that content. Um, and on Monday, Ryland Styles, my co-host, will be back sometime in the near future. Like I said before, we're going to have Thomas Welt on to talk about uh, draft stuff. So I am getting antsy for free agency to open. It is just around the corner. So without further ado, I'm going to bid you all goodbye. I hope you have a wonderful evening, morning, whenever you listen to this. Have a great day. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.